0: Welcome to Sticky Standards, and this is episode number 33.
1: Sticky Standards Professional learning that sticks.
0: This is Dana Richardson again, and welcome back to Sticky Standards. Today, wow, a pleasure, a pleasure. We get to visit with one of my best friends and certainly one of my mentors. Her name is Marcita Riley. Marcita, welcome to Sticky Standards.
1: Thank you. I'm just really excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, um, let's see. I have been an educator for a long time, <laughs> <And> many years. <laughs> I hate to say, but um, it's, uh, I have uh, I I think I have a teacher's heart, so I think I've been a teacher for forever. And uh, even when I was an administrator, I I saw my role as teacher, teacher to the community, teacher to parents, those kinds of things. Um, so. <clears throat> in uh, the in the millennium when the millennium turned, I uh, retired from my role as superintendent of schools in Royal Valley School District in Kansas and started my career my second career as a leadership coach for school leaders. And I have been doing that ever since. And it's the work that I really love to do right now.
0: That is so important. And so let's talk about that today in the context, of course, of our professional learning standards and knowing Mm. that leaders, administrators, teacher leaders all across our country are focusing on many, many complex changes that are happening. And so as you continue to work with school leaders across our nation... What questions or thoughts kind of pop up in your mind?
1: Well, often I think that, uh, I guess I think the times call for a different kind of leadership. I I, I think that often we, um, as school leaders, thought we had to have the answers to things and people asked us, we had to know the answers. And I think that there is so much, there is so much complexity. And it's so hard to apply, to know how to apply it well, to very specific situations. And I think it's really important. One of the traits that I think is really important for our new leadership to develop is, is the skill of curiosity mm-hmm. instead of being the expert. And to uh, really empower teachers to engage with you in the thinking about how to how to use all, some of these new things that are coming across. You know, we have what mm-hmm. like, Common Core. We've got just uh, all kinds of new uh, instructional strategies, and people are really feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And if we go in as experts, it doesn't. It really doesn't empower them. It so, doesn't empower teachers.
0: That's right. So as you've worked with administrators, what are some possibilities when you think about empowering teachers or developing capacity, even of our leaders?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: to be both... Developing
1: capacity. Uh-huh. It's so important, developing capacity in, in, in others, in, in wherever, no matter where you are on the career ladder in mm-hmm. education. I think one of the foundations is listening deeply. Yeah. Um, and listening deeply means first of all, you're trying to understand what the other person is thinking, and you're you're listening for the underlying emotions, so you you get to know what they really care about, and then you talk to them about what they care about instead of instead of whatever complaint they might have about this or that that they can't do or reasons they can't do something. Mm-hmm. Or don't want to do something. Mm-hmm. Or the resistance that they have. But that, there's a lot of leaders who... You know, teacher leaders, instructional leaders, as well as um, principals, assistant principals, mm-hmm. assistant teams, who are really worried about, how do I get teachers to really buy in to all those new changes? Mm-hmm. You know, every year we have something new and different. And it's like, we never... The thing is, teachers never feel like they're good enough because they just get used to one thing and then, oh, we gotta do this now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Constant change—it's that water. Yes, it is. White isn't water it? of change. Yes. And you can easily get overwhelmed and feel like you're drowning if you're not if you're not careful with that. So that's when school leaders, whoever they are, whatever whatever their role is. Mm-hmm have to really listen deeply and assume that the other people really want to do what's right. That's right. And that they don't need fixing. You have, we really have to communicate that they are good enough as they are. I mean, they're really good and they're strong, and we recognize their strengths, and by recognizing their strengths, we, we communicate to them that we have confidence, that this is just one more thing. I mean, we, it's not that they're broken. Mm-hmm. And need to be fixed. It's that here's something that we've just learned from research, and by golly, we want to be the best we can be, so we've got to, you know,
2: mm-hmm. look
1: at maybe applying something a little differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How does a principal or a school leader demonstrate that, or what what tools are you thinking? Deep listening is certainly one of them. What are some other tools that maybe will help school leaders do that?
1: Well, um, giving good feedback to people, and that's again where we go. I, I go back to the point: you don't have to be the expert. You don't need to be telling them what they need to do because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even know. Right. You don't know what the best practice is. You don't know what the latest research is. But they, you know, they do, and uh, or or. Somebody's been telling them some things that they need to do, and so I think one of the things is to really give good feedback. And by doing that, you there's a there's a frame we use is called reflective feedback.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the first step that you take in doing in that skill is to recognize and name and hold up the strengths that the teacher brings to the situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, tell them what they're already doing well again, so that they don't feel like you're trying to fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, that they, you don't see them as broken or as not good enough. And and then you ask them a question rather than telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. How do you think this new? How how can you do differentiated instruction? I see that you are. It, when I come to visit your classroom, I see that you are really, you, you are passionate about your subject area content. You love to teach history. So how do you how do you communicate that love for history across all the different um, ability ranges of the kids in your class? Mm. You know how how do you communicate that to the?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What are some things that you can do to differentiate the instruction? So that you're getting them to think about it and to own own it and mm-hmm. to own it through the lens of something that they are good at or strong, strong with.
0: Mm-hmm. And then that allows them some reflection time also.
1: Yes, it does. It, it gives them the space to think about how they might apply something mm-hmm. in a specific way for a specific purpose.
0: I think a lot of our administrators are overwhelmed right now with the new educator evaluation systems, whichever one they're using. And there seems uh, to be so much data. And again, how can they raise that data up for the teacher to reflect upon? Yeah. Right. I think,
1: a lot of administrators that just see evaluation as something they want to check off the list Mm -hmm. it's it's about me as administrator um, telling the teacher what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and evaluation is an opportunity really to have a great conversation with
2: the Mm -hmm. teachers Mm -hmm.
1: so instead of you going in and telling, giving them the list of all the things that they've done right um you you can lift up something that you've observed in the classroom and say, that really went well. What did you do to plan that so it works? So or why, why did you plan it in that way? Mm-hmm. Now, what that does for the teacher is that most of the time teachers, um, uh, many times teachers are, the instruction they do is sort of intuitive. It's just second nature. They don't really... Mm -hmm. necessarily think about why they're applying something. So this gives them the opportunity to really dig deeper into what they are already doing that has a positive impact on the learning. And then they get really smart about it um, so that then they can learn to uh, intentionally plan it in the future Mm -hmm. and know when it works and know under what circumstances might it not work so well. So you become a really good learning partner for that teacher and you didn't say anything I have to know anything (laughs) specific to this teacher but they really got a lot out of thinking through and talking to someone who's interested about why they were teaching the way they did and wonder why it had that kind of impact. Mm -hmm. And they teach, I mean, in that, that's a huge teaching tool. And the counterintuitive part of this is that when you do that, teachers will say that was the best evaluation I ever had. And it wasn't that you said anything. It's that you helped them think through and they got, they felt and they understood much more about their own practice.
0: And that's where you get that genuine commitment to change.
1: Oh, you, you're absolutely right. You get that genuine commitment to change that genuine commitment, they're no longer fighting you mm-hmm. or just uh, complying mm-hmm. at the minimum level. They're not doing it just to for a dog and pony show. They really have a purpose
2: mm-hmm.
1: for trying out something, for doing something. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of leaders, school leaders will say, you know, teachers will say to me, I've been teaching for 25 years and everything, you know, the kids are doing just fine. I don't need to change anything. Why do I need to change anything? And it could be very true I and mean, it could be that the test scores of their students is really good and strong. But if, if, if there are even just one or two who aren't as strong as they should be, that's where you might say, yes, you've been doing well, but I'm wondering how you might bump up Mm-hmm. Julie's score or Johnny's score. Mm-hmm. Um, if you tried just with them a little different, you know, t- trying to differentiate. How might you differentiate to improve their scores? Mm-hmm. So, so it's helping them really pick out how, when and where do they want to apply or try out the new idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because
0: it it, just it's gives not them like you th- have to throw some,
1: out everything
0: It just gives them to some try something new. space again to yes. Yes. How often do we get that, you know, this space to reflect in a safe place?
1: Dana, I absolutely agree. I, I think that I think that we yearn to have time for reflection and we don't get real quality time to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge gift that we can give to people when we ask them Questions that that generate reflection on their part, rather than telling them what mm-hmm. to do, or thinking that we have to have the answers.
0: And then that reflection generates possibilities. That uh...
1: generates possibilities. It generates uh, new ideas. Yes, it generates. Well, maybe I could try it here. It, mm-hmm. it generates. It allows them to step into something new.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in a way that makes sense for them and they have their own commitment to do it. It's not like I'm doing it just to please you. Mm -hmm. So if you could
0: give some school leaders a couple of words of wisdom as they end one school year, they begin another school year. What might that be, Marcita, to create this culture of reflection and ownership?
1: Ah, well, the beauty of of what I'm going to suggest is is that you're not trying to change anybody else. You just you're just going to practice something intentionally yourself, mm-hmm. and you can control that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so it's not about changing other people or changing mm-hmm. the system. I I believe you create that kind of system when you're first of all you're a committed listener. I mean, I, again, I go back mm-hmm. to the committed listener. Mm-hmm. I think that you also practice looking for the strengths in other people and assuming that they want to be cooperative and they want to do the right thing. So you make that assumption up front and you stop telling yourself a story that they're being um, stubborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So-and-so is being stubborn or I can't get them to listen. So, so you approach them. You coach everybody on the staff as if they want to be the best they can be. Absolutely. And when you show up that way, that comes across that you're not being, uh-huh. ju- you're not talking down and you're not judging them. Okay. Um, a third thing is to is to be curious instead of being the expert. Mm. Walt Whitman said, um, "Be curious, not judgmental." Sometimes when we when we go in as the expert, it it uh, translates into you know, people think we're being judgmental about them mm-hmm. we're somehow judging that they're not mm-hmm. good enough so being developing curiosity and asking questions from a curiosity perspective and then finally uh really being uh inclusive of others inclusive of meaning when you make a when you make a decision when you're trying to make a decision you really get Input from lots of the stakeholders. I know when when I was superintendent ex, a superintendent of schools. Anytime I made a decision and I didn't consult with um, some of the people who were going to be affected, I always made a bad decision, <laughs> and something came up to bite me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and at least when you consult, you know what the, you know what the what the problems will be, what yeah, what will be right. some of the things that will arise and you
0: don't get, you don't get surprised. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it, that's one of those on. standards, one of the components of leadership, too, is is you created support systems within your district when you were superintendent for feedback, for professional learning, mm-hmm. for whatever. Mm-hmm. So, again, that inclusiveness and being Open that curiosity. I, I love that word about mm-hmm, just being curious. Mm-hmm. How might this look? And uh, mm-hmm. might we look and, at
1: this? Well, and also using that, that neutral voice, just like you said, how, how, how might this work? So instead of, well, how might it work? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Damn it, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, true, that's true. Get on board here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> you're choking me up Marcy <laughs> oh wow well you know
1: so often we think the way to um, get people to commit is to give them the data mm-hmm. give them the data show them why so show them the research about how this this is shown to be really useful and you know with the kind of kids we've got and um, but but that's all with the head <laughs> mm-hmm. and that doesn't that isn't necessarily very influencing for people to commit to something. Yes. they have to. They have to own it. They have to have their own personal reason why mm-hmm. they should try it, and it has to be about something they care about. Yes. So, um, coming at it from the curiosity perspective, using that neutral tone where you're not coming at it, you're, you're not saying, in essence. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were worth anything, you'd be you'd be doing it, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> they want you to do. <laughs> and and, and, and then I think I I think um you know with the evaluation thing, people got all upset. I gotta have all this stuff, you know. Uh-huh. But helping, helping teachers put a perspective on it, you know, just yes,
0: just crafting. You know, that. you don't
1: have to just craft just craft something that's meaningful for you. We'll work it through. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, wow. you know
1: don't don't just do everything that it says just because it says it i mean those are just options and we want this to be meaningful not just checking off the boxes
0: and that word meaningful that what you just said earlier one of my favorite words in the last year has been why so if we establish the oh, why yeah. first yeah. then the what and the how just falls into place and and you have right. the ownership you have the commitment you have all of those so mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. let's just end this great conversation on why that's a great word uh,
1: <laughs> it is a great word it,
0: it's just a great word if if our listeners um want to learn more from you and and about uh, some of these concepts Marcita what's a good way for them to hear more about wonderful Marcita
1: oh thank you alright well I have a website marcita at marcita riley.com and, um, and on that website uh, uh, they can sign up for a weekly blog. they can uh, I have six really great tools that they can look at and use to discover what's what's their strength, (laughs) their leadership strength. Um, There's a couple of books that co-authors, Linda Gross-Chiliotis, and and much of of the the leadership skills, particularly Mm -hmm. the communication skills that we've been Mm -hmm. talking about this morning, are in those two books. One is called um, Coaching Conversations, Transforming Your School, One Conversation at a Time. And the, and the second one is uh, opening the door to coaching conversations. And you have a little piece in there about I that. Do. with those. That's, that's one where they have, um, we've told stories about our clients and how they've used these skills mm-hmm. successfully to solve common, common uh, problems that we face in school. And then um, this fall I'm launching an online course Ooh. that will be, um, uh, that will teach those um, skills, mm-hmm. and we'll have weekly community calls for the group wow. to talk about it, so it will be more than just sitting at your desk, and will mm-hmm. also have interaction with all the other participants. Wow. Lots so, of possibilities. Um, and, and, of course, they can, they can contact me at Marcita at... Marcetoriley.com right. if they're interested in any one
2: to one coaching. So
0: I'd right. love to do that. All right. In fact, I got, I think I got an email this morning uh, from your blog. So it was wonderful. Oh, was good. Wonderful. Yes, I good. did. So, yes. Well, this has been a joy. My gosh, it's gone so fast. Uh, you know, yeah, there's just so much to uh, help our leaders and support our leaders as they move forward. And I appreciate this dialogue, this conversation, as I always do. So thank you, Marcita.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity, um, Dana. You know, the leadership is so important to supporting teachers and helping teachers do the best they can do. And they need they need us to give them time for reflection. They need us to, to really help them think about what they do well and get even Better. So that's, I think, an important role that we have in the development of okay. teachers and in their learning.
0: You're exactly right. That's a great way to end. Thank you so much. All right, Lena.
1: Have a wonderful morning.
0: Thank you. You're listening to this podcast on Remarkable Chatter, part of the SBAC Broadcasting Network. To find out more
1: information about this or other podcast shows, please visit remarkablechatter.com.